Our reading today is from 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 17 to 18. Sorry. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed at every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in, the, in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we, are alive, we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. I think I'm on. It's very good to see you and to be with you. I can't see many of you, but uh, it is good to be with you. And I want to add my welcome to Pete's this morning. It's great to have you with us. Uh, but there's a sorrow today, isn't it? We're doing this again. I'm very sorry that we're back in lockdown. I'm sorry that we're back in this separated format, but um, there's much to give thanks for, even in this kind of terrible circumstance. We're, I'm very thankful for technology. I still can't quite believe that I'm standing in my lounge in uh, Shirley Christchurch speaking. And at the very moment that I'm speaking, there are people around the city and around the country who are uh, listening in. That's amazing. I'm very thankful for Ollie and Alex, who are the two tech people who um, Pete was saying earlier on have put, put everything on for us. We couldn't do it without them. I'm thankful that we're able to do this together. Not very pleased to be with our St. Stephen's Church family, but with other members from the CCA uh, family as well. We're great to be able to be here. And most thankful, of course, that despite things seeming like they're out of control, we're very aware that we're in the Lord's hands and there's no better place to be. So there's a lot to give thanks for. I want to apologise. I think the quality of certainly my camera and the sound um, is not always great. We, we deliberately at St. Stephen's put these services on live. And I think if we didn't, if we pre-recorded them, then um, uh, we could probably have better audio and visual and all those sorts of things. But there's something special, isn't there, at church about being together, being connected. And while we're distanced in this way, we've always felt that doing it live adds something. We, we are doing these things at the same time. If the internet breaks down, if 
I fall over, it will happen. We'll all experience it together. And um, there's something, so we're still connected in some way. So we're uh, apologize for some of the technical things, but we're doing it for, uh, for good reasons. Very thankful too for Mel and David. I think my favorite experience of um, last year's church, lockdown church services was their children's slots and uh, they're continuing with that high bar. Well, let me pray and then we'll think about some of the wonderful words that uh, Lee just read to us. Heavenly Father, we um, at this kind of unusual time and in this, well, sadly, usual way now, uh, lockdown Zoom services, we, we thank you that we can still be connected. We thank you that we're connected not just by technology, not just by hearing the same words and seeing the same pictures, but connected by your spirit. And we pray that your spirit would work now in us, that as we look at some wonderful words written by the Apostle Paul under your inspiration, that we would see their relevance and truth for us here today and take heart from them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been reminded again, haven't we, this week of the fragility of life, the way that things can change in a moment. Uh, this time last week, we were about to, our family was about to go on holiday and we started off with a, we went out as a treat for a meal together, the four of us. And um, little did we know, 48 hours later, you wouldn't be able to go out for meals anymore and you'd have to be in your home and things can change in a moment. We're all in our homes now in our bubbles watching this, this on screens because we can't even go out. We can't even enjoy the normal freedoms that we would expect to have. Now, the truth is, that's always the way it is. The truth is we never know what's around the corner. We can't ever be sure what the, the next hour holds. We can't control uh, things in life. And although this is true all the time, as human beings, we, we have this incredible capacity to fool ourselves into thinking we are in charge. We can be in control. We do know what to expect. We don't. And every now and then something like this happens and we're reminded of that. And it's when we're reminded of this truth it can hit us very hard. These can be some of the hardest times of our lives. And I'm not just talking about lockdowns. I'm talking about the day we receive a certain diagnosis. I'm talking about the moment our heart breaks and we know life will never be the same. I'm talking about the day a war starts or the moment we see society breaks down. We have these things at a personal level, at a national level, at an international level that are so big, it reminds us we're not in control, we don't know what to expect, and it can be very hard to deal with. And things are scary at the moment, aren't they? Internationally, we don't just have global pandemics, but we've got Afghanistan and Haiti and some of the scenes we saw yesterday in Australia. Uh, here nationally, we've got, I mean, it seems like, very soon, Christians are not going to have a place in New Zealand society. Some of the proposed legislation that's on the table at the moment, it, it's worrying. All the personal trials that you and I go through. The question is, as Christians, how do we cope in the face of them? How do we endure through them? How do we keep going? How do we persevere? The truth is, life is always a mixture of joy and sorrow, blessing and suffering, triumph and tragedy. But at the negative times, as we feel the pain or the disappointment or the uncertainty or the loss the most, how do we keep going as Christians? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote about this in these words that Lee just read to us from 2 Corinthians 4. If you've got your Bibles there, keep them open. We're only going to be focusing on three verses, but they're three verses you want to see in front of you. And uh, Paul seems to suggest that he knows that Christians are going to go through difficult times, but he's got confidence that they will keep going. They will persevere. Uh, the powerful words that he writes in verse 8 and 9, we, but, but I'm sure most of us can um, understand them, empathize with them. Verse 8, Paul writes, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. 
perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul says Christians are going to go through difficult times, but he expects that we will endure, persevere. Well, how? That's what we're going to be thinking of this morning. This is a, a one-off service. We At St. Stephen's, we've been going through the book of Esther in our series, but we thought, well, we can't carry on with that this week. We need to have a break, and we're going to do a one-off. And as I was thinking about what to pray, I thought, uh, what to preach, we need some encouragement. And we're going to do, I didn't know what uh, Mel and David were going to do for the children's slot, but wonderfully, the Lord has brought it together. We're going to look at the same kind of thing, encouragement in tough times. And although lead read out from verse 7 of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, we're actually just going to focus on the last three verses, 16 to 18. Have a look at them now. Let me read them out. Paul writes, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what's, what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, just before we get into these words, these wonderful truths, I just want to briefly set the scene because we're jumping into a book partway through. And before we just attribute them to ourselves and to our situation, we need to work out whether this is just Paul talking about his experience or talking about just someone else uh, and whether we can apply them to us. We can. Paul in 2 Corinthians is speaking about his gospel ministry as an apostle. He's talking about the trials and tribulations that he went through as a minister of the gospel. So therefore, he's talking about his own experiences, but he's expecting other Christians to go through this too. Certainly those in full-time Christian ministry and missionaries uh, as they do it, but all Christians do this. All Christians serve the Lord as we share the good news of Jesus, as we build up other Christians, as we seek to love our neighbours as ourselves. And so these truths that Paul is describing as his own experience are in one sense a general thing for all Christians to experience. So these verses are true for you and I. And so as we get to these verses, these wonderful verses, look at them again. Verse 16, Paul's big point is we don't lose heart. And how does Paul not lose heart as a Christian? Well, basically, he says in these three verses, he doesn't lose heart because he doesn't judge a book by its cover. Now, those words are not on the verses, but that's the truth he's saying. He says he doesn't lose heart as a Christian because he doesn't judge a book by its cover. We all know the phrase judging a book by its cover, don't we? We were, we were raised on it. There are lots of mottos and mantras in life that we kind of uh, are brought up on. But one that nearly all of us know is don't judge a book by its cover. Judging a book by its cover means you make a judgment based purely on what is visible, based purely on what you can see on the surface level. And the truth is there's always more to it than that, right? And Paul says this uh, almost literally in verse 18, where he says, don't fix your eyes on what is seen, that's the cover, fix your eyes on what is unseen. That's the rest of the book, what you can't see. And that's what he's talking about in these verses, 16, 17, 18. The cover says, verse 16, outwardly we're wasting away. The unseen, the rest of the book says, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. The cover, the outward, visibly, says, verse 17, our lives are full of troubles. The unseen, the rest of the book, reveals that those light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Don't judge a book by its cover. That saying is, don't judge a book by its cover. It's one of the most basic and well-known sayings, and yet we ignore it so easily. 
we forget it so quickly. We practice it so infrequently. I judge by a book by its cover all the time, to my shame. But a couple of weeks ago at St. Stephen's, I spoke. I was supposed to do a book review, and um, I couldn't do it because I hadn't finished reading the book. And so instead of doing the book review, I brought four books along that I planned to read in the next week. And I was suggesting to others that if they liked the sound of it, they might like to read those books as well. So I held the books up and I spoke a little bit about them. And then after the service, I spoke to someone at St. Stephen's who said they weren't going to read one of the particular books because they didn't like the cover. Now, I'm not going to say who it was and embarrass them, but I said to Linda Vernal, I didn't like the cover either. And um, uh, we then started talking about the fact that we were literally judging books by their covers. And I then started thinking about it and realizing I do this all the time, all the time. We judge by the cover because it's all we can see. How many times have you made an assessment of someone that you've looked at and then got to know there's way more to them? You've looked at a situation and taken it on face value, but then worked out there's a whole lot more going behind it. It happens all the time, yet we still judge books by their covers. Our eyes are so powerful. They convince us of things. They convict us about things. They persuade us and influence us. And they can be incredibly helpful. But friends, they are limited. These verses remind us there is more to reality, more to truth than we can see with our eyes. Paul says, verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. When you and I look at a person, we just see their outward appearance right now. As I, if I have lunch in a few minutes with Jamie and the girls, if I look at them, I will see their outward appearance right now, but I won't see what's going on inside them. I won't see what even their outward appearance will look like in a couple of years. It's so limited. And we know that appearances can be deceiving. What we're doing right now, the Zoom call, how many memes and things have been said about Zoom Zoom meetings where they're, they're wearing a shirt and a tie on top and they're wearing pajama bottoms underneath. I can assure you I'm not wearing shorts today. I'm wearing trousers, but appearances can be deceiving. I know that my eyes are far too often fixed on what is seen, on the cover, and I therefore forget that there is more going on. Look at the specific example here. Paul says, verse 16, outwardly we're wasting away. This is the cover. I can totally relate to Paul with these verses. The older I get, the more I understand the, the cover of myself is that I'm wasting away. The last few years, my eyes have started to pack up. I now need glasses. My hair has got even grayer, as people at St. Stephen's keep reminding me, forgetting that you're the people who've given me these gray hairs. Now, I'm, well, maybe I'm not wasting away. Perhaps I could change it to expanding away, but I understand what he's saying here. And I say this a little lightly. I say it, but, but I'm not being blasé. Because when Paul says here that we're wasting away, I know that as I speak this, there will be some of you listening for whom wasting away is not just a vanity and your hair getting grayer. It's a life and death thing. Some of you may be going through this yourself right now, and it is serious and it's true. But I want to remind you, it's the cover. It is serious. It is true. But it's the cover, friends. For those who know Jesus, for those who live with him as Lord and know him as Savior, the book is much more than the cover. Not only are you outwardly wasting away, but friends, you are inwardly being renewed day by day by the Lord. God is continuing to work in you, 
making you more like Jesus. He's preparing you more and more for glory. You are more than just your body. You are your body, but you're more than just your body. You're more than just your physical well-being or health right now. You're more than just a person, a physical person living in this fallen world. And if you're in Jesus, you may be wasting away in terms of the cover, but inwardly the Lord is doing wonderful things in you, things that the cover doesn't reveal. One day you will be raised in an imperishable body in the new creation. Know the rest of the book. Know the rest of the book. It's the same principle at work in verse 17. What's the cover, the thing that we can all see and experience? Our troubled lives. You and I go through troubles in this life, physical health troubles, mental health troubles, spiritual health. We have relational issues and addictions. We battle anger and bitterness and financial matters and self-control concerns and fear of the future. And we could go on and on with these troubles. We go through them and they cause us huge anxiety, worry, concern, stress. We have sleepless nights as we go through scenarios and think what could happen. We have periods of despair where we can't see a way out or a way forward. These are troubles. They're true. They're serious. But friends, they're the cover. There's more going on behind them. Paul describes them here in verse 17 as light and momentary, not to be glib, not to minimize what you and I go through or to be insensitive, but to emphasize it's the cover and comparatively the rest of the book is so much better and more significant. Second half of verse 17, these light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Now, Paul is, remember, Paul speaking specifically about the troubles that he experienced as an apostle. But th this, this truth is a general principle for all Christians. There is more going on when you and I, as the people of God, go through difficult times. There's more going on than just the troubles we experience. Behind them is God at work in all things for the good of those who love him. Behind them is an eternal glory that is far outweighs the present temporary troubles. That's the unseen. That's the rest of the book that the cover is around. Friends, you and I need to keep this in mind. Because there will, there will be times in our lives when what we see with our eyes will dominate how we feel and the way we live. When the things appear uh, hopeless, irredeemable, a lost cause, a total loss, and we lose heart in fact i would say that paul wrote these verses because he's saying that if we just live life without taking deliberate action we will lose heart because what we see with our eyes the cover that we observe will so consume our thoughts and feelings we will lose heart and so he tells us in these verses what to do fix your eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen that's what he says now the obvious question is jay how do I fix my eyes on what is unseen? That's a very good question. But we know as Christians, don't we, what it means. It means putting, fixing our eyes on the Lord. It means knowing him and who he is. It means knowing his promises and trusting them. It means knowing that the end for you and I is assured and we know where we're going to be. It means trusting that God is working behind the scenes. He has you in his hand and he's bringing you home to be with himself. Know there is more going on than what your eyes can see. Have your eyes fixed on the unseen. I was thinking about this the other day. I hope this makes sense, but it, there's that great movie, The Princess Bride. And there's a scene where the dread, I think you can see this 
eyes being on the unseen. There's something more going on than what the, the eyes can see. There's a scene where um, the, the dread pirate Roberts and Inigo Montoya have a sword fight. If you know the movie, you'll know the scene. And it's a big deal. It's a serious situation. This is a duel between, between two guys which could possibly end in death. And yet they both seem relaxed during the fight. They both seem to be enjoying it. It's out of step with what the seriousness of the situation would, would call for. They, they talk and admire each other's skills and talk about the sword play that they're using. And finally, the dread pirate Robert says to Inigo Montoya, why are you so relaxed? And Inigo Montoya goes, because I know something you don't know. I'm not left-handed. And he takes the sword out of his left hand, puts it in his right hand, and then starts going even faster and more ferocious and those sorts of things. But... Then the Dread Pirate Roberts is relaxed. And you're thinking, well, why is he relaxed? If you look with your eyes, this is a terrible situation. And finally, he says, I know something you don't know. I'm not left-handed either. And he puts a sword in the right hand, and then he goes, and then suddenly an ego Montoya is full with fear, and he now knows he's in trouble. And um, do you see what was going on there? For the Dread Pirate Roberts, his eyes were not just on what could be seen but he knew something else to reality and he trusted in something that couldn't be seen. Friends, you and I can as a Christian. We can trust that what our eyes see, what we experience physically is not all that there is. Now, if you and I were trusting ourselves, your confidence could be misplaced. And Ego Montoya had trust in something that wasn't seen. He wasn't left-handed, but it was misplaced because it was in himself. It's not for you and I because our, our confidence is not in ourselves. What we look at that's unseen is not ourselves, it's the Lord. We fix our eyes not on our power or strength, but on the Lord's power and strength, not on our control of the situation, but his love and grace and plans and purposes being put out, his saving hand. We trust in the end that he's promised and he will not disappoint. I don't know what you're facing at the moment. I don't know how you're feeling about things. I don't know what is going on in your life, but I want you to trust that beneath the surface, behind it all, God is at work. God is in control. The same God who uses the evil of this world to bring good. The same God who never allows the sufferings that you and I go through to be the last word in our lives. The same God who holds us in his hands and will bring us home to be with him. He's at work and he can be trusted. Fix your eyes on him. Even though we can't see it, even though sometimes we will not feel it, don't lose heart because. He is good. He loves us. He's in charge. And there's more going on than what we see with our eyes. Don't judge a book by its cover. I want you to do that in all the areas of your life. If your eyes tell you that you're guilty, I want you to fix your eyes on the cross that you can't see and remind yourself that you have a wonderful saviour. And because of his death on the cross, you are forgiven. If your eyes tell you that you're alone, I want you to fix your eyes on the unseen reality that you have a heavenly father. You have a Holy Spirit living inside you. You have a wonderful savior and you've been adopted into a wonderful Christian family. If your eyes see in this world a weak church that's separated and split and is out of step with the world and is ridiculed and hated and may not last, I want you to fix your eyes on what is unseen and know that the church is a heavenly body that the gates of hell itself will not prevail against. If your eyes tell you that you're wasting away, I want your eyes to look at the unseen and know that God has you in, your, in his hands and he will take you to be with himself. If your eyes are telling you that you don't know what's happening and you think things are spinning out of control, 
I want you to fix your eyes on what is unseen and know that God is in the throne. You have a wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, and a wonderful comforter and counsel of the Holy Spirit within you, bringing you comfort and assurance. So like Paul, I don't want us to lose heart. We can. I feel it in myself. We do it so easily because our eyes are powerful and we judge a book by its cover. Don't lose heart, friends, because the things that Paul has written here are true. And so as I close, Paul puts it better than I can. So I'm just going to finish by reading out uh, these verses from 2 Corinthians 4. And I pray that they would encourage your hearts as they've encouraged mine. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Then a few verses later, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful truth. We pray that you would help us put it into effect in our lives and that it would lead to a deeper confidence and assurance in you. And we pray that with our knowledge of that, it wouldn't just benefit us, but we would be able to share that assurance with a world that so desperately needs it that's around us. We pray these things in the precious name of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.